Good morning. It's so wonderful to um, have the honour and the privilege to share. Um, I, it's, a, it's a holy privilege to share the word of the Lord with my family um, this morning. So Pastor Larry and Pastor Krista, thank you for trusting um, Shami and I. And thank you for trusting us to share um, from God's heart today. Would you all pray with me for a minute? Please, can you place your hand on your heart? Say, Holy Spirit, I'm your child. Show us your face and help us to live like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to take one more minute here. I'd like you to close your eyes just for a minute. And I want you to cast your mind through your week. What does a week look like in the life of you? Getting up in the mornings, who's in the house with you? How do you get to school or work? Where do you go? Who do you see on the way? Who is in your classroom or your workplace? What happens after that? Where do you go? Just want you to cast your mind across a week in the life of you, the people that you see, the people that you bump shoulders with or elbows with at the supermarket on the street, at the bus stop, in your own household. Look at their faces. Is there any one of them that Jesus didn't die for? The people who come into your office, if it's a doctor's clinic or a real estate or... Is there any one of them that Jesus did not die for? Would you take a minute right now? Let's just take a few seconds and start to pray for those faces that you're seeing before you. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Would you just start to thank God for those people, those faces, even the difficult ones, especially the difficult ones? God, help me to love them. Help us to love your family. Help us to love our own family. Help me to be your love when I wake up in the morning. Pray for those people that God is showing you, those faces that God is showing you right now. Would you pour out your spirit on those faces, Lord God, in and through and all around us? Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Larry has asked me to share um, today on a subject that um, is extremely dear to my heart. And I feel I wish I could. <laughs> I, I, it's not an office that I hold. I wish that I could be better equipped 
to share with you. Um, no. <laughs> Who, me? Evangelize? You know, it's not an office that I hold when you look at the fivefold ministry. But I'm a seed sower. I'm a seed sower. I may not be, and I, I, I want to get trained actually in that, to, to go on the street and, and share the gospel. I've got friends who were doing that on Friday night and we were all praying with them. But I'm a seed sower. And Jesus said that a man went out sowing seed. And when he sowed that seed, he sowed it so liberally, it went everywhere. He did not look for exactly one right hole. No, he, he chucked a whole bunch out. Can I encourage you? You may think, I am not an evangelist. This is not a personality test. This is just about loving people. Just sow seed. Just love them. Just love them. We're going to read together the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Do you know that um, Jesus gave us a job to do? He gave us a job to do. Right now in the earth, um, there are many movements praying that we will finish the task. There's actually a, a website uh, called Finish the Task that we've been set. Finish the task that Jesus set. People are praying that in the next decade that we can finish the task that Jesus set before us. Yesterday, um, Shami and I had the privilege of sitting in on 24 hours of prayer and worship across Australia and the nations, and we had the international director of the, from the United States, the International Prayer Fellowship, Jason Hubbard, speak with us and share with us. And right now, can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is doing a work in the earth that is much bigger than just us right here. Right now, in this season between Passover and Pentecost, there is a move of the Holy Spirit that is happening in the earth, in churches all across Australia, all across the world, who are mobilizing their people through prayer and worship and evangelism, that all three go together. We cannot have evangelism without worship because if we don't see God, then they won't see God in us. So we have to see him. That's why we come and worship so that we see him and are transformed into his image. And then they see God in us. But do you know what? Um, yeah, so there is, a, there is a global movement right now going on to, for people to share the gospel. And I'm going to sh share a little bit more about that with you at the end. There's something called Go Day that is happening this month. There was a global training that happened yesterday and Go Day where 50 million people 
50 million believers just like you and me, not street preachers, just ordinary people like you and me, 50 million people have signed up to share the gospel personally with someone on that day or on this month. Can I just say, be a part of the army. Be a part of the army. There is an army of God's workers, and we are going out because the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. And Jesus said, pray for the harvesters. Pray earnestly to the God of harvest. And can I, can I just, I want to honor a couple of people uh, here who, who caught this vision. Uh, Dushan and Sendun, these guys have caught the vision. They share God's love any way they can. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's awesome. Romeo and Rachel. Rachel Damonte. I know that Simon prays for his kids at his school. There are others. Eve, the Kosh family. You guys are sowing seeds. There are others in the house also who are showing love. Pastor Krista and Larry show hospitality in a phenomenal way. Amen. That is one of the key ways that God has given them to show people God's love, to embrace them and make them part of God's family. But I just want to honor, I just want to honor because it's such an honor to go out together. It's such an honor to know that there are others making a fool of themselves for Jesus (laughs) along with you. (laughs) So I have just a few minutes, Jeddah, I hope you are helping me because I've lost track of time already. Question for you. How did Jesus evangelize? This is a real question. Please, can you shout out, how did Jesus evangelize? I thought, you know, if we're going to talk about evangelism, we should probably consider how Jesus did it. (laughs) So um, thoughts. How did Jesus evangelize? Friendship. Friendship. He taught the word. He taught the word. Uh Uh-huh. He did miracles. He went to the sinners. What the heck are we all doing here? Okay. Yeah. Spending time with people, right? It cost him time. Uh-huh. Others? He touched people's hearts. He loved people. He healed people. Simon knows my heart. (laughs) Let's have a look. Uh, I'm going to learn how to do this. Okay, so how did Jesus evangelize? Okay, then how did he send his disciples to evangelize? How did he send his disciples to evangelize? Two by two. And what did they do? What was their mission? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Anybody think that sounds like a tricky task? Isn't, wouldn't that just be like God to give you something that's too big for you to do? Wouldn't that be just a God-sized kind of an assignment that you can't do it without him? How did Jesus evangelize? Okay. Let's look. How did he send his disciples? Matthew 10. He sent out the 12. Sorry, I've I've made my my notes. Please, can you grab a Bible and grab a notebook and look this stuff up? Because um, it would be better for you to, to see it for yourself. 
You, you need to see it in the Word for yourself. We have to be trained in the Word of righteousness. We have to go to the Word. If you don't know how to evangelize, how did Jesus do it? How did he send his disciples to do it? Matthew 10, he sent out the 12. This was, was his instructions. He said, proclaim the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Take nothing with you. Mark 6, he sent out the 12. Um, he gave them authority. It specifically says that he gave them authority over unclean spirits. And they would go out, they were to go and preach the message of repentance. Wow, isn't that a message we need today? Luke 4, Jesus got up in the synagogue the first time he unraveled the scroll and he said these words from Isaiah 61. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Can someone grab that for me? Shami, can you grab Isaiah 61 or, or Luke, Luke 4, either one? Grab the Luke 4 one. It's better because it ends with favor, not judgment, because Jesus came. To seek and save the lost, not to condemn, but to save the world. That's Jeremiah 3, 17. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Luke 4, have you got that, Shami? Let's get you a mic, please. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Amen. So Jesus got up and he pretty much said, this is my mission statement. This is my mission statement. That... The to open the eyes of the blind, to bring liberty to the captives and liberty to the oppressed because the day of the Lord's favor is here. It's here already. Brian, I'm wondering if you could read for us John chapter 20, verse 21 and 22 because it's very important because we look at Jesus and we say, well, he was God. He was God. I'm on the human. Do you know what? That's actually, that's, that's a demonic way to think. Paul, Paul reproached the church because he said, you're acting like mere humans. Because the same, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Lives in you. Okay, so we had Jesus' mandate in Luke 4. He said, this is what the Father has sent me to do, the Spirit of the Lord. Do you know that the Spirit of the Lord was on you this morning? Do you know why He is on you? Why is He on you? Because He loves people. He loves not just you. He loves the people around you. So Jesus declared His mission in Luke 4. Straight out of Isaiah 61, because Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets. Then Jesus said this to his disciples in John chapter 20, 21 and 22. What year are we in? 2022. 2022. Boom. This is the year. Would you catch this? 
So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. One more time, one more time. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Sorry, one more time, one more time. As, as the Father, Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sent Jesus, so Jesus is sending you. Luke 9, sending out the 12. He gave them power and authority, in case you didn't get it yet, over demons and disease to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. You know what? I love tracks. I use them all the time. I've got some here. Jeddah, if you could come up, I'm going to pass them around and you can look at them while I, share, while I talk. But Jesus didn't send his disciples out with tracks. He sent them out with power and authority. Luke 10, he sent out 72 this time. You can feel free to, to pass them around. If you want to keep it, you can. If you want to give it back because they're my seed, I pay for my seed to sow also. I'd encourage you to invest in seed that, that works for you. This, I found this. It works for me. But just share them around. Pass them around. People can pass them around. Have a, have a look. Okay. And John 4. Okay. So the, look, this is an amazing example. John 4. This is Pastor Larry's favorite passage. Oh, the audacity of me to get up and share about John 4. <laughs> oh, Lord, what would the Holy Spirits have me do? Okay, so I was thinking, how did Jesus evangelize? Can you open to John 4, please? Open to John 4. What's the story? What's the passage? And you probably haven't heard it like this before. Pastor Larry, what's the passage? <laughs> the Samaritan woman coming to the well, Jesus meeting her at the well and taking her through all of the four different phases. Awesome. So this is the worshippers favorite passage. Amen. Right? The worshippers love this passage because Jesus is saying that those who who worship will worship in spirit and in truth. But do you know what? This was an everyday occurrence. This was an, uh, uh, this was an everyday event. This is like, yeah, I was going down to Coles because I was really thirsty and I needed to get some groceries for my family. That's what was happening here. So Jesus was on a journey with his disciples and he was tired and thirsty. So this conversation started because Jesus, the Son of God, had a need. He saw a woman who came to a well and he started a conversation with her because he was thirsty. Right. He just started a conversation, excuse me, can I have a drink? He didn't even start with, la la, I am the living water. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it, can I have a drink? This is everyday Christianity. This is what it looks like to walk like Jesus. Excuse me, do you have a drink? So the first thing is Jesus started a conversation, even if it was out of his own need. He wasn't, he wasn't like rolling like, 
yeah, king of the universe. At that moment, he was tired and thirsty, and he just started a conversation with somebody. It didn't matter who they were. They were not his kind, was not his, his gender, was not his religion, not his colour, not his kind of people. Would you talk to someone who's not your kind of people? So John 4, he starts a conversation. The next thing that happens is uh, she asks him some questions. Wait, I've just got to grab my notes because I just saw it. The Lord was just showing me so simple. Oh, and then he listened to her. He listened to her. He started a conversation and he listened to her heart, what she had to say. And then, you know what, he, he, I don't know, <laughs> it's just so beautiful. How is it that you, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans, not your kind of people. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. He would have given you living water. What's Jesus doing there? He's arousing her curiosity. He said, hey, you know what? He felt the Lord right then. He was thirsty and then he felt there is something here. Hey, do you, do you, do you, know, the living, do you know the living water? Hey, have you, have you ever experienced true love? Supernatural love? Hey, could I pray for you? Have you ever experienced the peace of God? Hey, do you know what it's like to know that God loves you? Hey, has anyone told you today how much Jesus loves you? Could you, uh, you he, I started a conversation. He listened to her. He aroused curiosity. Have you ever heard of this? There is living water. There is living water. You know, people don't know there is living water. Then he listened to the Holy Spirit. You know what happens next? Because he started... You know, I bet he didn't start that conversation with a word of knowledge about her. Maybe he did. It really doesn't matter. At that moment, he got a word of knowledge. So often that happens, you know. I might be talking with someone at the checkout, and suddenly I start to see something about them. And I just say, hey, I feel like God wants to remind you today that even in your darkest moments, God loves you and he sees you. I said that to a, in Barrack Wool Woolies just a few weeks ago a little while ago, these little things happen all the time. And I just said to her, do you know that God sees you? And I was, I was seeing her in my mind. She'd just come off a set break. I could smell smoke on a uh, set break, uh, uh, a work break. And I, I was just seeing the darkness that she was in. And I was seeing things about her situation that were not appropriate for me to share. It's just a woman that I met at the checkout. And I just said, hey, do you know? And it was so simple. I just said, do you know that, I can't remember, that God sees you in your darkest moment and he loves you and it's not over and he's with you and he wants to, he wants to fill your heart. She started to tear up. She said, you've got to stop, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so at that moment, Jesus has a word of knowledge for the Samaritan woman. You might be talking to someone and suddenly you just hear a song in your head. 
You might hear a, hear a song in your head, and, and that song is the heart of the Father for that person. You might be talking to someone, and suddenly you feel a pain in your elbow that wasn't there before. Maybe that is it. That, excuse me, do you have... You know, I was walking the dog the other morning, and... Um, Believe me, this is not normally how my conversations go. An elderly gentleman was walking towards me, and I just, I just, I just fully put my foot in it. I'm like, um, excuse me, do you have cancer? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not how it normally goes. And I think we might have said hello. Hey, how are you doing? Good morning. You know, excuse me. Uh, and he was like, uh, yeah, and this, this, this conditions is nothing visible to the eye. And I said, excuse me, I believe in God and I believe in miracles. Can I pray for you? Yeah. And I held his hand and he held my hand like an iron grip, an elderly gentleman. And I prayed for him. And I know, and I've not had a chance to see him again, but I know that God imparted to something. And at, at the end, he kissed my hand and he said, thank you so much for praying for me. You know what? Because the devil has no mercy on people. The devil has no mercy. He afflicts people to kill and steal and destroy. He'll affect them in their mind. He'll affect them in their body and their family. He is literally out to destroy people. And 1 John 3, uh, 1 John 3, 18, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So you and I, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. So we have been sent to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus started a conversation. He listened to her. He aroused her curiosity. Then he got a word of knowledge. Because we can't do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. He knows that. He knows that. He's in. And you know what Jesus did? He loved her. He didn't judge her. He loved her. I went through some seasons where I was um, trying to pray for as many people as I could. At, at, I'd go down to the supermarket and try to pray for everybody I could. And um, it, it's been a bit of a journey. <laughs> There's been some times when, it's, um, when I felt totally overwhelmed and it's like... It hasn't, it's not, it, where it's like uh, numbers or, or something else. But at the end of the day, and sometimes I would get discouraged as well because I pray for some, someone and nothing happens. And I went with faith and I prayed in faith because these signs shall follow those who believe. But, and nothing happened and I felt discouraged and so I have to go back to Papa God and say, Daddy, did I do something wrong? How could I have loved them better? And, you know, guys who do this, some of them pray for uh, a guy. I stumbled across a whole bunch of people who walk in this all the time. And it inspired me. And I started to watch video after video. Uh, I found Todd White. I found um, Robbie Dawkins. All of these guys who walk in this all the time. Todd White has a story where he prayed for 10 people a day for more than a year without seeing any results, without seeing anything. 
Do you know what's called? Practice. Good. Practice. Amen. But you know what? I realized that whether something happens or not is not my business. It is my business to go to my Papa God about it and say, God, I really needed them healed. I really needed to share your love better. How can I do it better? And he takes me to school because he takes me through the word and shows me. But you know what matters? That I love those people. That I share, that they walk away feeling loved. That they walk away, that they know that even if, you know, maybe they're angry and they don't want to hear it. But can I tell you how much God loves you? They might not want to hear it, but do you know how much God loves you? It's, it's simple. Do they feel loved? Okay, so here's a whole, yep, because God honors his word. Um, so the, the result of Jesus having a simple conversation as a part of everyday life, everyday life, going down to Coles, disciples going to Coles to get water, thirsty, need a drink. Result, have a conversation, get a word of knowledge. Long story short, whole village gets saved. Have I been missing something or have we been doing something wrong here? Because it's quite simple, really, if you look at the mandate that God laid out. It's so, yeah. Next, final instructions. Okay, so those were early instructions. Let's look at his parting words. Final instructions to his disciples. Generally, the last thing I tell my kids before I leave home is the most important thing. Take care, love you, you know, be kind to each other. Lock the door. <laughs> Parting instructions. Matthew 28, 18, 20. We read that at the beginning. By the way, verse 18 says, All authority on in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Important. Important. Because that was achieved on the cross. All authority has been given back to the sons of God. It no longer belongs to the devil. Mark 16. These signs shall follow those who believe. Please look up the verses. Again, these are his parting instructions to his disciples. Luke 24. You are to be my witnesses, but stay here in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power. We need to wait on the Lord. We need to wait on the Lord and receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit comes upon us because he loves us and loves the people around us. John 20, 21, Brian read that earlier, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. John 21, his final words to Peter were, follow me. It was follow me, it was be like me, it was feed my sheep, it was love my lambs. Follow me, to follow Jesus, this is what he did. There are so many more verses where you see, thank you, Jeddah, about how Jesus went to this place and this place. And I don't have time. I have to finish up. I could answer much, much more. But can I just lay it out? The, the next things, this is on the second slide. Your testimony is powerful. Would you practice sharing your testimony? Would you go home and write it down? Would you practice sharing the gospel in 60 seconds? That's what you've got to check out. God loves you. He died for you. He wants to live 
in you, with you? What, do, what is the gospel to you? Can you practice sharing your testimony? What was your life like before you met Jesus? How you met Jesus? What happened? How your life has transformed since knowing you, knowing him? You know, Stephen got up and shared phenomenal testimony. A few mu- I think that will always be in my heart, Stephen's testimony about what his life was like, what happened when he met, met Jesus, and what his life is like now. S- just keep it simple. That's your testimony. It's so powerful. Then an invitation, can I pray for you? Do you know Jesus? Have you met the living water? What is holding you back? We don't have time. What's holding you back? Let's be honest. Come on, we're here to be honest. (laughs) What holds us back? Fear, pride, rejection, fear of rejection, doubt, unbelief. What if nothing happens? What if I misrepresent God? I'm too busy dealing with my own stuff. being kicked out. I would say that's a good thing, brother. The disciples knew what that was like. They, were, they got kicked out. Ooh. <laughs> the disciples, they, um, they got held up because they were healing people, right? Peter and John go to the temple. Peter and John went to pray. The middle of man on the way. Ask for arms and give us arms. You know the song? You don't know the song? <laughs> Okay, they heal the lame man, they get taken, they get taken by the apostles, they're gonna, they don't know what they're going to do. Remember, they crucified Jesus about 30 days earlier. No, about 60 days earlier, they crucified their Lord. They're in front of the, apost- the Sanhedrin, they, they answer them in the night, an angel comes and says, go back to the synagogue. You know what? Your wisdom would have said, you know, you really should just go home and keep it quiet to yourself. That is often, that's our excuse all the time, isn't it? That's not wise. You know, they needed to hear from God. Because, but we need to hear from God. We need to hear from God and do what he says. The the, the angel said, you go straight back there and keep preaching. There's a choice. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross. Are you willing? Are you willing to lay down your life for the sake of the gospel? Okay, um, resources, there's a big list there. I just wanted to encourage you, get hungry. Get hungry. You know, it changed my life seeing people who walk in the miraculous all the time and who share Jesus everywhere they go. It changed my life to read books by um, Robbie Dawkins, by um, Smith Wigglesworth, John Blake, Catherine Kuhlman. It changed my life to hear these people who walked like Jesus did. We have to ins- get inspired and inspire each other. So there are so many resources. There is a testimony on online. If you look up Todd White, deaf guy, um, there is a he- testimony of him healing an old deaf guy. And it, the whole video takes about eight minutes, but it is staggering. Because you watch it happening right there. And you watch the joy on that old man's face as his ears get opened. I'm wrecked. I am ruined for anything less. And what if it doesn't happen? You know what? I lost. I lost people I love. But I do not have the right to lower 
this word to my experience because this is the word of life. We, this is the truth. This is the truth. What we see around us is not as true as what is the word of the living God. We have to raise our expectations to walk in the truth of the living God. And if you don't see it yet, we, it's just an excuse to go back into the prayer closet and say, Papa God, I've been contending for their healing. I know that Brian and Tracy have been contending for healing of their loved ones for years. For years. There was a man by the pool, 36 years waiting to get healed. But Jesus said it's better for us, better for us that he go and send the Holy Spirit. It's, that's supposed to be better. We, family, we need to walk in this. We need, we need to keep encouraging each other. We get tired sometimes of seeing unanswered prayers. We have to encourage each other. Let's keep praying. Keep praying for your loved ones. Keep praying for those who are sick. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. We need to encourage each other when we're weary also. Last thoughts. What did I have here? Those were the hope cards that have gone around. There is a, a website. I would highly encourage you to look up Hope Movement. Practice sharing your testimony. Share your testimony, a 60-second testimony of how you met Jesus on your Facebook. Tag Hope Story. I know. What will people think of you? <laughs> what will happen? <laughs> Challenging. Share your testimony. Very simple. Start a conversation. Observe an opportunity. Share the gospel. Pray. Exchange details. Give them a way to get in touch with the church or with you or with something. That's another before, after. Go day, May 30. I mentioned that earlier. Everyone can reach someone. Together we can reach the world. We're going to finish, um, and there are so many questions. I hope there are lots of questions in your heart right now, probably more questions than when I started, because we've touched on some really hard stuff, and it's really confronting. But we have to go to the Bible, and we have to go to God about it and say, God, show me, teach me how I want to follow you, Jesus. We just have to take it back to Papa God. Help us, Lord God. So there's a video on three circles, but I think we're out of time. Should I show that video, Pastor Larry, or should we leave it? We're going to show it? Okay. Um, this is a three-minute video, and this is an example of um, one way that people have gone out. This is a more intentional way of going out and sharing the gospel, starting a conversation, and physically showing them the gospel. Has anyone showed you the three circles before? Have you heard of three? three circles before? Has anyone ever shared the three circles with you? Before. No. No. So this is the first circle. So this...
represents the world that's broken. All of us live in a broken world. You only have to turn on the news and see... Suffering, death. War, sickness. Rape, disease, it's everywhere, right? But you know, God didn't actually create the world to be like this full of brokenness, eh? Here's the second circle. This circle represents God's perfect design. God's perfect design was a world without brokenness. A world full of love. Full of joy and peace yeah. and unity. But what we did was we sinned. Sin could be anything from lying Mind to murder. murder. Wait, so like, just like normal lying or like hard lying? And what sin did, it separated us from God's perfect design and threw us into brokenness. And so people try all kinds of different things to get out of brokenness. They might try drugs or alcohol. Or maybe chasing a career or money. Smoking. Even bullying other people at school. Oh, sleeping suicide. around. Suicide, exactly, a good example. But it doesn't actually fix the problem of brokenness. It's like a bungee cord. We just get snapped straight back into brokenness. And ultimately, if people die in that state of brokenness, and separated from God, and that means that that's eternal separation from God. Do you know what this place is often called? Yes. So what God did was, He didn't want to leave us in that place. God loved us so much that He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus was God, so yeah. He had no sin. And when He died and rose again, He actually took on all of our sin and cancelled it, like He crushed it. He said if we would turn away from our sin and believe in Jesus and make Jesus and the Lord of our life, we become restored, restored back into God's original design and you become a new creation, a new person in Christ. And will restore us back into relationship with Him. So there's only two kinds of people in this world, people that are in brokenness or God's perfect design. Where would you see yourself? Probably right there, to be honest. This is cool. I'm not sure. Love. Brokenness? Possibly a couple of love. The bungee stage. Yeah, the same. And where would, where would you, you like, like to be? So where would you like to be? You'd like to be here? Yeah. Right there. Give me One of God. So here. So is there anything that's stopping you? From turning and, and believing in Jesus. And allow him to be Lord and King of your life. Stubbornness. Probably not. Probably we, to be honest. Nothing mm. stopping me. You know the awesome news about Jesus? He is the only way out. If you try to clean yourself up before coming to Jesus, it's like trying to get clean before you take a shower. Oh, I see, yeah, I get that. Is there anything stopping you? No. We shared the three circles with 34 people. Four were already believers. 13 chose to remain in brokenness, but some were deeply impacted. And 17 wanted to leave brokenness and receive Christ. There are many powerful ways to share the gospel, and the three circles is a great place to start. Amen, amen, wonderful. Can I just have the first slide up, please? Um, I think we've had a full meal today, hallelujah. Amen, praise God. So I won't bother to, I shouldn't say bother, I won't share, I won't share what I've, uh, I've, I've prepped, uh, because what, what's already been shared, there's so much for us to really take in, reflect, and CJ's gonna come up and give us an opportunity to respond. But I came across an article just a few days ago, and that's the reason why I, I entitled what I was going to share on the scent of the gospel. What's the aroma of the gospel out there? And the question was asked, 
When 12,000 evangelical leaders saturated Louisville, Kentucky, was a gospel impression left? 12,000. So on April 19th, 2022, it's just a couple of weeks ago, 12,000 evangelical church leaders from multiple denominations attended. The term evangelical, now when you use that term, it is viewed as, oh, those guys who are extreme rights. And so it's become a bad term. At one stage, it was really good. But now it has, to some extent. So for three days, pastors, elders, deacons, youth pastors, church planters, seminary professors, and other leaders, they met at the Kentucky International Convention Center, like the like maybe maybe Margaret Court or the Convention Center downtown in Melbourne, twelve thousand people meeting. In between sessions, conference goers were given the opportunity to explore downtown to the well that CJ was talking about, the Samaritan woman. Because the well was the meeting place. The well was like Fountain Gate. The well was the place where people all met. Right? Because there was something that was vital for them, which was water. And if you read through John 4, it is, as you said, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. You will see the four faces of Jesus. And he takes her through the four phases. Right? To a point where begins to leave her with, the con with, with this whole aspect that CJ put to us, that you will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Because the unveiling of who He is is what sustains you and I. It was sustainability that she was being introduced to. But not until she began to, to realize He was not just a good man. He transitioned her from being someone that you can't speak to me into being, oh, he's a good man. Then into, he must be a prophet because he knows about me, the word of knowledge, as she said. And then realized him as the Messiah. And when she did, as CJ pointed out to us, what happened? The entire village was saved because they wanted to come and see for themselves. It's not just her witness, but something in her drew them to want to come to the Messiah. We started this morning, there's something about that name. There's something about that name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So imagine here, 12,000 evangelicals. So if 12,000 people who love the Lord and have been encouraged by the Word of God over the last 36 hours, 12 hours, 24 hours in worship, just heard, 36 hours visited the establishment in downtown Louisville, wouldn't the scent of the gospel have been left among those working at these places? Tell me, what do you think? Folks, I mean, we just heard a powerful message today about it's, it's an awakening for us. What are we doing then here? What are we doing? Is something wrong with me? I've asked that question many times. 
and i'm still asking that question even this morning i asked that question because you know what sometimes i take the easy way out i said lord if you can bring the animals to noah's ark why do i need to go out and bring them in i just pray that they'll come in just pray for a flood so they will come in but then the word of the lord says go and compel them to come in i've struggled with that i said why lord right so what we found was a couple of people decided let let me go and interview some of these people and actually really find out if there was a difference and what we found was somewhat disheartening we visited seven establishments that were impacted by large numbers of conference attenders over the 3 days which included dine-in restaurants fast food restaurants well-known coffee shops we asked the workers two questions how were you treated by the mass amounts of people trying to purchase food or coffee and did you know why the large cr- groups of people were in town the first place we came to was the dine-in restaurant when we asked the hostess how she had been treated by the large crowds of people she quickly told us not well and used the word rude to describe the christians who had been eating there she replied that she knew some of them were southern baptists oops and said that they were the worst she went on to emotionally explain that she was once a devout church goer but was hurt by the church years ago she said that the last few days triggered past her and she left work with extreme anxiety today we've heard a message that said love people what did cj first start off with telling us love people what's our mission tagline of this church oh please know it please know it lord i pray that they will all know this knowing christ and loving people no you've been with us too long someone else shami you work with me you are one of our pastors come on shami <laughs> let us just go to the website that's what i like to hear let's just go to the website today we've been challenged right we have been carrying this fire in us if if we have been set free right there's a beautiful construct that i would love to show you but i i, I won't do that this week i'll do that next week as mother's day so so, so, so i want to thank cj for kind of not kind of for actually really challenging us this morning really challenging us this morning it's so good when you when 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 you have people in your community who are out there doing it you know and they bring this fire and they release it amongst us what what do we do then we then ah oh, now i can see you guys praise god hi <laughs> and 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 what do you do then we need to respond because what is actually really stopping us so as we read this it's our behavior out there that is not necessarily stopping us from going but our behavior out there is hindering them from coming in right the church 
is a place for those who are yet to belong. Say it with me. The church is a place for those who are yet to belong, not just a place for us to belong. So telling her that we ourselves attended the conference and were Southern Baptists, we expressed that we were truly sorry for the way she was treated, thanking her for her honesty as we prepared to leave. The next restaurant, another dining establishment, we asked the host the same question. He told us that the crowds were overwhelming, but overall people's attitude had been good. So that was good. Right. The next, we visited a coffee shop and the baristas told us that they hadn't had any issues with the mass amount, saying they knew that the attendees were from a gospel conference. Up, up next, there were two casual fast food restaurants who let us know that they weren't treated badly, but the patrons could have been nicer at times. They had no idea where the mass amounts of people came from, so the scent of the gospel was not left. We crossed the streets to another casual fast food chain and asked one of the other workers how the last few days had been and she told us the patrons had left the place a mess. But overall, they weren't too bad. The final place we visited was another uh, coffee shop whose line was slammed during morning hours. We asked and they said this. Without hesitation, she answered, the patrons had been rude, very rude. We then asked if she knew why they were all, and she said that it was a Jesus convention or something like that. So today, we've been encouraged to actually take this, take the sense, is the sense of, gospel, of the gospel out there at a place where people are attracted, you know? We'll take this further next week or maybe even the next couple of weeks as the Lord continue to lead us. Uh, lead us. But this morning, I want to invite CJ back to come and give us, and when I say a challenge, meaning something more than just, you know, for us folks as we respond today, it needs to be something more than just a yes or I will. It needs to be a, a, a decision that we make that you know is going to be empowered by His grace. That His grace will empower you to cross what we know as the chicken line, to cross over. Amen? So CJ, please come. And we'll do one song and time. Just um, in regards to that reputation of Christians at restaurants on Sunday after church, there's a, uh, on, if anyone's on Instagram, there's a really funny blog called Edgy Christian Memes. And they, they post pics of, that. there's some really, really funny comments on there. But Todd White, you know, he heard about this also. He makes a point and he teaches his people to do this, that when they go out to eat, he doesn't go out to eat unless he can tip the waiter or waitress the price of the whole meal. He doubles it to bless them. And he says, you know what happens? And they, they try to tell the, people, they tell the people about Jesus. He said, I, 
I tip the rudest waitresses, the waiters and the waitresses who are rude, who bring their food cold. He says, we tip them double and they get wrecked by the love of God. You know what? We can do this. We can do this. You can show love to people in simple ways. Um, one other story, my neighbor came, uh, uh, two other stories. No, we've got to finish. Okay. It's 1221. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Um, I would like you to take a minute to think of 10 people in your mind. Maybe you can write them down. Visualize some of those faces that you saw at the beginning of our session today. Some of those people who you cross paths with. Would you tonight or now write down 10 faces that the Holy Spirit is showing you and pray for them by name? Pray for them by name. Would you pray for them by name every day? Those 10 faces, pray for them. And over the next six months, ask God to give you an opportunity to share the gospel with them at some point in some way. Jason Hubbard from the International Prayer Fellowship, they put out this challenge to 2 million leaders of underground churches that they would pray for 15 minutes every day for 10 faces, 10 people, and in the next six months, try to share the gospel with them. At the end of that season, from 2 million leaders, it had grown and doubled in size. It had doubled. Because when you pray, God moves. Because prayer changes things. So Father, right now I just pray. I pray for myself that I would get better at sharing the gospel. Sharing your love. Help me, Jesus. Help me to love my kids better. Love my husband better in a way that demonstrates the love of the Almighty God. God, help us as brothers and sisters, as children of the living God, as the sent ones, the ecclesia. Help us to follow you, Jesus. And we receive your Holy Spirit this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we receive your Holy Spirit to be transformed and to carry your love and the good news to the world who so desperately needs it. Help us, Jesus. We are your children. Teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Why don't you stand with me, folks, as we respond to this this morning? Let your glory fall in this place. Let it go far from here to the nations. Let your fragrance rest in this place. As we gather to see your face, let your glory. 
gathered here this morning, Lord, to seek your face, to dwell in your presence, to be saturated by you, Lord Father, to sit under your word, Father, this, this morning, to hear from various ones even today, even through the prophetic words that were shared, Lord. Father, we want to thank you that your glory is upon us, Lord. Your glory is upon us. And so, Lord, even the, the song says, oh, Father, as we sing this, it's our prayer. Let your glory fall in this room. Let it go forth from here to the nations. Let it go forth from here to, the, to our city, Lord Father. Let it go forth from here to Fountain Gate. Let it go forth from here. To Woolies, let it go forth from here to, to Coles, let it go forth from here to our neighborhood. So just begin to think of the people right now. Think of those. And as you're singing this, just let it go forth to them. Let your glory go forth to these individuals right now. Let your glory fall in this room. Father, we thank you as you sent all your disciples and as we heard today, this month is, a, is about go and that we will go, Lord. We will go with your strength. We will go in your peace. We will go with your favor. We will go with this mission in mind, Lord Father, and we thank you. We thank you that we will be ones that will carry this hope, the hope that you've given us, Lord, and that we will share that. That in our walks, just in the everyday sense, as we heard today, Lord. Just in the everyday business, within our sphere of influence, we just thank you that we will share this. Bless you, Father, in the name of Jesus, and we thank you that as your word says, that you will be with us till the end of the age. You will be with us, not might, not shall, but you will. Hallelujah. He will be with us. Amen. Isn't that good news? Yes. That the Lord is with you. Amen. In you, and he will lead you. Hallelujah. Bless you. Go in his peace. Amen. Now, if you need prayer, folks, please come forward. If, if there is a sense of uh, hesitation in crossing the chicken line and you want to really, you, you want a bit more prayer in that, please come forward. We'll be more than happy to pray for you. Come forward, please.